I think we're pretty well familiar with this passage in Psalm 127, verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. So it's talking about God's involvement in things. And I want to put this verse in the context of the 4th of July and the history of our country. In fact, I want to take you back to May of 1787. May of 1787. The American colonies had a nation but needed a constitution. The old Articles of Confederation were no longer adequate. So delegates gathered in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, not too far from here, for a convention to draft a constitution that would establish an effective federal government. The delegates appointed George Washington as chairman, but that's about all that they agreed on. Because from the beginning, the delegates quarreled over deeply held disagreements as to the extent and form of the new government. That's when venerable Benjamin Franklin stood up. At this time, he was aged 81, and he was going to make a motion to the delegates. He said this, quote, In this situation of this assembly, groping, as it were, in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has this happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights, God, to illuminate our understandings? In the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for the divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So Benjamin Franklin takes a quote right from the Bible, takes the verse that we're focusing on today and applies it to the men who were putting together, trying to put together the Constitution that would be the guideline for our government through the ages as it has been. So Benjamin Franklin's point was, unless the Lord is in any enterprise, it has a limited future. Building a house without his aid is perilous. Having a blessed marriage or raising a family without God's guidance 
is hazardous. Guarding a city without his blessing is futile. And working hard to gain wealth without putting God first is vain. So how much more the establishing of a new nation, the United States of America, a nation unlike any ever seen on earth, surely this undertaking requires the help of Almighty God. So we can be thankful that the founding fathers saw the need for God in the picture. And thanks to uh, the inspiration of Benjamin Franklin, they took his advice. Franklin continued, quote, I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests, our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business and that one or more of the clergy of the city be requested to officiate in that service. So a few days later on the 4th of July, 1787, General Washington led the delegates to a prayer service at Philadelphia's Reformed Calvinist Lutheran Church where Reverend William Rogers offered these words. It was taken down word for word. This is what he prayed. As this is a period, O Lord, big with events, impenetrable by any human scrutiny, we fervently recommend to thy fatherly notice that our august body assembled in this city who compose our federal convention Will it please thee, O thou eternal I am, to favor them from day to day with thy immediate presence? Be thou their wisdom and their strength, enable them to devise such measures as may prove happily instrumental for healing all divisions and promoting the good of the great whole. That the United States of America may furnish the world with one example of a free and permanent government which shall be the result of human and mutual deliberation, and which shall not, like all other governments, whether ancient or modern, spring out of mere chance or be established by force. We close this, our solemn address, by saying, as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has taught us, our Father, who art in heaven. And they continued with the Lord's Prayer. So we shouldn't be surprised that these founding fathers were able to bring together the Constitution that we have enjoyed now for more than 200 years. They sought God's help. They got, sought God's guidance and in the end they were able to compose a Constitution that other nations have praised down throughout history and we have enjoyed with the freedoms, the God-given freedoms that we have been given that they were able to stipulate in that Constitution. So let's focus a little bit on this verse that he quoted in Psalm 127, verse one. Unless the Lord builds the house, and they certainly sought the Lord's help in building this nation and the Constitution that uh, grounds it, 
Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. This doesn't mean that God does the actual construction work of the house. It is speaking metaphorically of the Lord's direct involvement in our lives. So this verse, seeking God's guidance and seeking God's help in building a house, doesn't merely apply to building a house. It applies to any endeavor in your life. The Hebrew word here for house appears nearly 1,000 times in the Bible. It's a very common word, house. And it's translated in different ways. It can refer to everything from a palace, to a kingdom, to a family. It can also refer to one's sense of self-identity, security, and one's place in the world. It's It's a very broad word. So it's not limiting God's involvement to literal house building, you know, the construction work with the lumber and the cement and all that sort of stuff. It's a metaphor. What the, the, the writer here is saying, Solomon himself is saying, that you should seek God's involvement in every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. And unless you do that, you can't count on being successful in that endeavor. So it can begin with things like marriage. You certainly want to have God's involvement in your marriage. You know, we have said many times that uh, marriage isn't just uh, made up of two people, husband and wife. It's husband, wife, and God. And God is that third person there, the third uh, participant, that if you seek him on a regular basis, it's going to make your marriage successful. If you seek his guidance and direction and read his word and spend time praising him on a regular basis, you're going to have God's involvement in your marriage through good times and bad. And it's going to cause your marriage to be successful because he's going to be changing you in the meantime and making you the proper husband that you should be and the wife the proper wife that she should be. And you certainly want to seek God's help when it comes to raising kids. You know, my wife and I, throughout the years, spent many uh, an hour in prayer over our kids for their success, going through all the different trials and tribulations that they experienced in their life. It has to do with uh, your job, your career, your education. Every aspect of your life, you want to be seeking God's involvement in it through prayer. You want to ask him. You want to, to, to learn wisdom from his word. You want to talk to other Christians who maybe have experienced similar things that you've experienced and learn from the lessons that they learned. You want to take all of this information, you know, with God's help to be successful in your life. So David, as the king, certainly sought God's help, not just in building a palace, but in managing his empire as king. So it's a very broad word, unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord is involved in every aspect of your life. And you know what? God enjoys being involved in the small details of your life, not just the major things, but even in the small details of your life. We've talked many times about, you know, when you wake up in the morning to pray to God and to say something along the lines of, Lord, I don't know what this day holds for me. 
But whatever I encounter, whatever experience I'm going to experience today, I pray that you're there with me, you know, give, excuse me, giving me the guidance and the direction that I need, the wisdom that I need to handle it in the right way. We cannot hope to have a fulfilling, successful life without God's help. His guidance and his protection over our house, whatever that may refer to in your life. And we've seen that that word can refer to many different things, many different aspects of your life. So putting God first. And as we saw from the report there from Benjamin Franklin, the delegates were not putting God first. And there was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of confusion. They weren't making any progress in putting the Constitution together. But then when they sought God's help every day, when they opened each session with prayer, things began to come together. And how beautifully it came together to form the Constitution of the United States of America. Turn with me back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Because the Bible is replete with scriptures that direct us to God, God's involvement in every aspect of our life. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Notice what it says here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So notice, it's a very broad statement here about God's involvement in your life. We tend to want to lean on our own understanding. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we start a project and we really screw up because we're sure that we've got it right. We sure, we're sure we know how to do it. But without seeking God's guidance and direction, things can go badly wrong. I've gotten into the habit over the years of whenever I take on a project around the house, maybe something new for me, anything from doing plumbing to doing, uh, you know, woodworking to uh, whatever project my wife comes up with for me, I have come to the point where I always like to pray about it before I get started. Sometimes you, you, you buy something to install and you open up the directions and the sheet is like this. And it's written in different languages, and, you know, sometimes you can't make heads or tails of it. So before tackling a project like that, I always like to go to God first and say, God, help me to complete this in the right way. Help me to fix this thing for my wife so it's not going to leak or it's not going to break, and that I put it together properly, that I don't have to spend the time taking it apart and putting it back together again because I did it wrong the first time. And you'd be surprised how God can give you peace of mind and clarity of thinking, give you understanding to help you understand the instructions or the directions so you don't completely blow it. Little projects, big projects. You know, when you're talking about bigger projects, like maybe building a house or maybe dealing with your finances, you always want to seek God first and ask him to give you the help that you need now, this is going to be based on the fact that God is the basis of your life overall already, okay? It's not like you're just reaching out for God in a moment of despair, although there's nothing wrong in doing that. 
we as Christians have an re- ongoing relationship with God already. So it's not like we don't know him. We do know him, and we do rely on him and count on him. But we invite him on a regular basis, on a daily basis, to go deeper with us, to help us in more detailed ways, more specific ways. And he is happy to do that. Sometimes we think, oh, God doesn't have the time for that. He's probably thinking, well, just do it yourself. I gave you a brain. You know, get it done. No. In every aspect, that word house is a general term. It can apply to many things in your life. Seek God. Don't just trust on your own understanding because sometimes our own understanding is wrong. In all ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And we all want a straight path, right to the kingdom of God, right to heaven. So if we seek God, he will provide that for us. Proverbs 19 and verse 21. Proverbs 19, verse 21, many are the plans in a man's heart. So we've got irons in the fire everywhere. We've got all kinds of things going on. What is going to give us the best scenario for those things to be successful? He says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The Lord's purpose that prevails. So we're not just seeking our own goals, we're seeking God's goals. You know, when those men got together, the delegates got together to form the constitution of of the country, it wasn't just the country that they wanted to have, that they were able to visualize, but they had thoughts along with those prayers that took place every day to put together a constitution for the kind of country that God would want where people would have freedoms that they'd be able to practice. And how many times they talked about it it being God-given freedoms. So they sought just not their own will, but they saw God's will. So when we look at our lives and we come up with ideas for things that we want to do, we have to ask ourselves the question, okay, where do my ideas fit into God's plan for me? So many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And sometimes when we're trying to put together ideas or plans for ourselves, we start to see that maybe that's not going to be the best as far as what God thinks. And we have to change our plans. I know for many years in my life, and even early on years as a Christian, you know, I would come up with ideas and then pray to God to try to convince him to see that my ideas are the best. That was just the way I approached it. And it took a while for me to learn that that's the wrong approach. My job in prayer is not trying to convince God of anything. He knows what's best for me. I should be seeking his will in my life. You know, as Jesus prayed the night before his crucifixion, he knew what was coming. He knew what crucifixion was going to be like. And don't forget, as he was praying in the garden, you know, he said, if it's possible that this cup, this experience that I'm about to experience could be taken from me, that there can be some other way, let it be, Father, but not my will, but your will be done. 
So God's will has to come first in our lives. We need to formulate our plans and goals and see how they fit into God's plan for us. I know that there have been some times over the years where I've come up with ideas or plans and just talking it over with my wife, God helped my wife to explain to me why that's not the best plan. And as she did that, of course, I got a little upset or, you know, my feelings were hurt. But as time goes by, you come to see, you know what, she was right. It was a stupid idea. It was a selfish idea, a, a plan that I had. And it was basically for me. And it wasn't for my wife. It wasn't for the family. And God helped her to correct me in a nice way. So it's a learning process, isn't it, over the years as Christians. But we can see here how one Bible principle, one Bible principle, can shape a whole nation. I think it's a fantastic example of the power of God's word. And we have lived as benefactors of, of this principle through the forming of the Constitution now for more than two centuries. But it's not just for our nation, it's for our individual lives as Christians. God's involvement in every aspect of our lives. I don't know about you, but like I said, I've learned the lesson over the years and made mistakes by not seeking God's involvement in certain uh, endeavors. And th certain things have failed. You know, you may have lost financially, or you have made bad investments, or uh, just made bad decisions about your family, or maybe the house that you moved into. You didn't seek God's guidance, and it turned out to be a, a money pit for you. But we should always seek God. He, he never turns us away, and he is especially appreciative of us seeking his involvement in the smallest details of our life. He is always there for us, whether we find the answer in his word, whether we find the answer in a sermon, whether we find the answer in talking to other longtime church members who have Bible wisdom and Christian wisdom and just sound living wisdom that we can learn from. We need to seek advice and seek wisdom from others. So unless the Lord builds the house, the workers are going to labor in vain. And as uh, Benjamin Franklin alluded, that if God's not involved in it, its future is going to be short-lived. They learned that lesson with our country, and certainly we as Christians need to learn that lesson in our individual lives. So let's make an effort starting today on a regular basis to seek God's involvement in every aspect of our lives. Whatever endeavor, whatever plan, whatever uh, idea we come up with, no matter how small, to seek him first and he will not let us down. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this scripture being proven through the history of our country. We are living the benefits of these men who, under your guidance and direction, by prayer, came up with certainly a worthy constitution for our country to follow through the years. And we know that through the centuries there have been challenges to the constitution even today. People would like to see certain things change, but this body of law has held true for hundreds of years now. 
So Father, we pray that it will continue to do that and our nation will continue to be a beacon to the other nations of the world. In spite of all of our sins, in spite of all of our shortcomings as a people, Father, we thank you for providing this groundwork for our nation. But Father, even more so, help us to take it all personally. As your children, we know that we need to seek you in every aspect of our lives. Not only was this principle meant to be fulfilled by our country, but it's meant to be fulfilled in each of our lives. So Father, we know that there are blessings in store for us when we seek your help, when we seek your guidance, when we have to say no to ourselves sometimes and yes to you because it's in our best interest. We know that you love us very much and you want what's best for us. And as the fitting father and as the perfect father, you will provide that for us if we seek it. So help us to put our egos aside, help us to put our self-centeredness aside and our vanity aside to seek you because we know that with you, we'll be right. You'll put us on the straight paths that lead right to heaven and right to eternal life with you forever. So thank you once again, Father, we love you. We pray this now in Jesus' name, amen.